This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, August 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farmers like ESA rollback. Enviros head to court. Rodenticide ban pulled. West Coast now goes cage-free. ESA overhaul faces legal challenges. States and environmental groups are announcing their plans to sue the Trump administration over changes announced yesterday to the Endangered Species Act. California and Massachusetts will be among those litigating the changes which are designed to make the law clearer and more efficient. That according to the Fish and Wildlife Service and the National Marine Fisheries Service. Attorney General Xavier Becerra told reporters during a press call that California, quote, will act in whatever ways we can, and that includes going to court. Critics, including most environmental groups, say the rewrites will reduce the amount of species habitat protected and give federal agencies more leeway to ignore recommendations from the wildlife agencies. Based on comments submitted last fall that were critical of the proposed rules, other states likely to sign on to litigation include Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington, as well as the District of Columbia. Among environmental groups, the Natural Resources Defense Council and Center for Biological Diversity said they would go to court. You can read the full report at www.agripulse.com. Rodenticide ban pulled. A ban on second-gen rodenticides was pulled back by its author ahead of a committee vote in the state legislature yesterday. Assembly Bill 1788 would have enacted a sweeping statewide ban, though exemptions had been added for agricultural operations. A number of trade groups opposed the bill, including pest control advisors and pharmaceutical companies. A long list of environmental groups supported the measure. Now, keep in mind, the bill is the third pesticide ban to be pulled ahead of committee this session, that following proposed bans on glyphosate and chlorpyrifos. All three are likely to return in the second year of the current legislature. Ag emissions remain at 8% of statewide total. The California Air Resources Board, or CARB, released its latest state inventory of climate-changing emissions, which now covers 2000 to 2017. The agricultural sector has continued to contribute about 8% of the total statewide greenhouse gas emissions. Approximately 70% of ag emissions come from livestock, which also contributes more than half of total methane emissions in California. Livestock emissions are 16% higher than levels recorded at the turn of the century. Dairy production accounts for 60% of ag emissions, despite a decreasing cow population. The report notes that some dairy methane emissions have declined, while small annual increases in overall methane emissions have continued. By comparison, researchers estimate livestock globally responsible for 14.5% of all emissions. The difference depends largely on diet and animal health, which tends to be better in developed countries. UC Davis professor Frank Mitlerner is often quoted defending meat production by pointing to the much larger impact of fossil fuel burning. According to the ARB Climate Inventory, transportation accounts for 41% of statewide emissions, while 24% comes from the industrial sector. Emissions from crop production, meanwhile, have continued to decline since 2000, making up 20% of ag emissions. 
The report attributes this to reduced acreage, decreased fertilizer use, and large-scale adoption of drip irrigation. California's extreme drought also had an impact on the numbers. Keep in mind, the Department of Food and Ag has been implementing dairy digester and manure management programs in order for livestock operations to meet strict ARB regulations. These standards were put in place by SB 1383 in 2016, which was aimed in part at livestock methane emissions. Governor Newsom, however, significantly reduced funding to these programs in his current budget. He also approved $100 million in greenhouse gas reduction funds to go to safe drinking water programs. Cage-free laws sweep West Coast. With the signing of a new law in Oregon yesterday, all eggs from the West Coast will have to come from cage-free facilities. Like laws recently passed in California and Washington, Oregon's new law will require that eggs produced and sold in the state come from cage-free barns that also contain purchase, nests, as well as scratching and dust bathing areas. That according to the Humane Society of the U.S. Oregon Governor Kate Brown signed into law a bill requiring the state's agriculture department to develop rules by 2024. California's laws being phased in through 2022, Washington's through 2023. The Oregon law does not apply to farm owners or operators with 3,000 or fewer hens. Water Board Hearing on Water Portfolio Despite a spate of listening sessions this summer for Governor Newsom's water resilience portfolio, most of the discussion has been optimistic and welcoming of the new initiative. UC Davis professor Jay Lund, however, has some blunt critiques about state management during a recent meeting of the state water board. Overlapping programs, he said, we've got a real problem here when it comes to coordinating research efforts across agencies. Lund, who directs the Center for Watershed Sciences, had found several programs duplicating research within one agency. He counted, for example, half-dozen programs estimating evapotranspiration off of crops. Policy disconnect. Lund also said that agency projects often fail to factor the actual policy regulations into the operations. Fractured data collection. Lund also emphasized the need for a common water accounting system across all agencies. He said this is critical for implementing the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act or the voluntary agreements for the Bay Delta plan. He said it will be difficult to build this cooperation even harder than finding money. A portfolio approach. Lund note the regions that had developed water portfolios were successful during the drought as well as the wet years. The more adaptable approach would incorporate a range of activities, stakeholders, and environmental concerns from local nonprofits up to state agencies. No bonds. Lund says 85% of the problem is local. Large state water bonds are not the answer, he added. Lund's research students have analyzed the reason why the Prop 3 water bond failed last year. Now keep in mind, a broad $7.9 billion water and wildlife bond proposal is still in the works and collecting signatures. USDA setting up vaccine bank. 
USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service will begin gathering input this fall from vaccine manufacturers interested in supplying the new National Animal Vaccine and Veterinary Countermeasures Bank authorized by the 18 Farm Bill. The agency will use the feedback to decide how to acquire stocks of foot-and-mouth vaccine. Under the Farm Bill, APHIS is also releasing $10 million to be divided between the National Animal Disease Preparedness and Response Program and the National Animal Health Laboratory Network. Well, here's today's He Said It. The thing that really limits our success is our ability to get along. That UC Davis engineering professor Jay Lund on the importance of collaboration in water management. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, August 13th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.